Hi, I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes? PR comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked someone really quickly about at an event or while making a brew in the office. H, tell us a little bit about Clubhouse because I feel like you're the expert now. <laughs> so after spending six weeks telling my brother I didn't want to go on Clubhouse, um, he just sort of set it up for me and then I just thought okay let me have a look at this and don't get me wrong it does have its bad sides it it can be toxic there are a lot of weird things on there because humans are weird but I have noticed some really interesting things on there you have access to people you would never have access to or who you would have to spend thousands and thousands of pounds to actually hear from or engage with so that's interesting and I think the other thing that I like about it is it's it's a conversation so you get to hear what other people are struggling with so there was a room I was in um called the power of social media and some of the stuff that I think we take for granted like I don't know analytics or content calendars and all that kind of stuff people just don't have a clue how to do them or where to start and I found that really really interesting it's like an honest internal monologue of LinkedIn maybe yeah because you don't really have that space because it's all like so for those people who don't know it is like a constant voice chat isn't it you've got different rooms you can't pause or record it different groups kind of start discussing things and you can join in like through voice recording but you can't play back things you've missed it's a challenging one because you can't you can dip in and out but you can't catch up on stuff yeah and I and I think some people are saying there's been a few conversations where people are saying well with will Clubhouse take over from podcasts and I'm sort of thinking well no because Clubhouse said that the conversations vanish if you if you weren't there you weren't there but some people are trying to find a way around it so you can record the room and the conversation that happens but you have to state it in the description some other people like Rob Moore are trying to get people to transcribe um, some of the discussions in the room but it can become addictive because also there's that sort of FOMO nature and it being all over the world there's so many people who are on it like non-stop so when we're asleep the Americans are on it and when they're asleep we're on it so you find some people have just been on it for 14 hours and it's got that kind of well when when, <laughs> when you first described it I just thought it just made me think of like a slightly wanky VIP members only club because it's like you've got an invite only like they're too cool to have a logo it's got that exclusive thing but I do think that exclusivity is really appealing to people like you were saying like from a professional point of view if you're a organization it might be a really good way to like socially listen on stuff or um connect with a broad audience and I just feel like it's still in, really in its infancy around like where it might go over the next few months yeah and I think people are more honest because the conversations are not recorded so for example on Sunday night I was in one where black women were talking about hair and their experience of going to um IG hairstylists and if anyone doesn't know what I mean by IG hairstylists it's start it's hairstylists who have become famous on Instagram and do um, hair for a lot of the influencers or celebrities. And people talk about the experience, and they were so honest, and it was, some of the conversations, I was just in awe of them. But it's because no one can ever sort of screenshot that tweet. But then it creates debate on other platforms like Instagram and then Twitter. Yeah, it's definitely one to have a look at, I think. I mean, some of the bios are very LinkedIn, like, you know, I rescue dogs and I'm the best marketer <laughs> in the world type thing. Well, there'll be a lot of people on there who want to make you a millionaire, I can assure you that. <laughs> yeah amazing but amazing that they are still 
so busy doing that and not millionaires themselves just having a nice life and if you haven't read it already your blog like read harriet's blog on clubhouse it explains it in a much better way than i probably could so um yeah go and check that out okay so we're going to spend five minutes talking about finding a mentor because i think there's that pressure particularly in self-development um mentors are often recommended but actually the way of finding the right mentors isn't how do you go about it do you have who are your mentors Oh gosh, I've got a really long list. So I've discovered the book by Tim Ferriss, um, Tribe of Mentors. And ever since I read that book, it's it's a brilliant book. And if you haven't listened to his podcast, his podcast is great. And he also has a podcast called Tribe of Mentors. And when he talked about the tribe, it really made me think, do I really need just one person who can really support me? I have a tribe, which um, is, a, is a sort of system I adopted from Tim Ferriss. Um, and it, and it's just so much easier because you're not relying on one person for one thing. And I think I'm because I've done traditional PR, so media relations, and then I've also done um, public affairs, and then now I do a lot of internal comms. It's always good to have different people to go to for different things. Um, so that's helpful. And then when you're doing, you've got maybe more corporate clients, or you you're working with maybe more government or local government. You need people who are specialists in those areas. So I try and have that sort of tribe of mentors around me who can sort of help. But then I also have like an inner circle um, who I'll go to if things are like getting really hard and and sort of them they're more there to give me that real good guidance of how do I approach this situation or if I'm really like having a wobble around um, maybe a challenging stakeholder or yeah so I think that's how I approach it but I think when you're when you're coming up in your career it can be really intimidating and really scary I think sometimes when you go to somebody and you're like be my mentor sometimes they're going to be like no you have to develop the relationship I guess some like mentors will be like official or part of like a mentorship scheme and a lot of organizations have that and I've had like official ones but then my unofficial ones probably have been so much better and I wouldn't even say that naturally I've labeled them as mentors but they have been kind of indirectly or through the way they've supported me or I can talk to them so I think there's probably a way of like approaching people to maybe discuss something so sometimes it might just be approaching them for a conversation about something um before you launch into requesting like a a mentorship what do you reckon yeah I really struggle with that um with mentoring in the in the sort of in the structural way because sometimes people want people maybe they'll 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 do it as a performance sort of thing where they're at the end of it there's supposed to be an aim and there's supposed to be something we're going to get out of this and it's that sort of so if I'm mentoring you for a year under a scheme or maybe nine months so what's the end of it you're going to come out of it with a new job or you're going to come out of it with sort of your your freelancing business set up or with a promotion and 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 sometimes you actually don't want that you just want someone who you can bounce ideas off of or or get like a sense of how do I actually do this or am I doing the right thing I'll give you an example so in 2019 when I was making a decision about where to go and work next and I and I had a couple of um, really good people who like I, I talked to about different things and one of them said to me you know maybe it's time you went and got some experience on the corporate side um, and did something like really fun in an organization that had loads of budget and and that's how I ended up going to Sky but it was because I spoke to them about it and that was not through a traditional sort of mentoring structured scheme and all the rest of it it's just about speaking to people and then getting that sense of so what what would be ideal to do next because I I'm like really struggling with this 
sort of situation in my head and I think sometimes people maybe they forget that aspect of mentorship yeah yeah I definitely think that and I think if you just a lot of the like high profile people in whatever sector you're working in are always going to have like several um people that are asking for mentorships um I also think I've worked so some people I've managed who've then gone on to do their own businesses or other places have been I've kind of continued keeping in touch and like they sound check stuff with me and whatever but I wouldn't say it's like I'm officially mentoring it's just like being like an, a nice colleague and like interested in what they're doing and we share stuff but equally I think sometimes having people at a similar level to you can be really helpful because they're facing things at the same time so I think you shouldn't always think I need someone who's got an established career because I, I, I think you can get a lot from different people and then you should also think about how you can help other people around you because I just think that is a really healthy way to look at mentorship kind of in and out yeah I really like that peer mentorship and I've got a group of people who we're probably at the sort of same level and we we regularly have chats and also I think we're in another group as well where we sort of have chats and support each other and I think that's just so important and and, and paving it forward as well I'm just last last year I think one of my my greatest joys was being able to, to speak to young people through things like the Taylor Bennett Foundation and other um, organizations that I support and, it, and it, it's just a joy speaking to them and I don't mind giving them two three hours and just talking them through stuff it's just it, it's so nice because they have loads of questions that's it for episode two really hope you found that useful do check out the show notes and uh, we put links to everything we chat about and also how you can get in touch if you've got any ideas for our next five minutes 